Thank you for joining us on Gondwana Records Podcast, where we sit down with our artists and discover their musical journey. I'm Mari, and today I'm in conversation with Hania Rani, pianist, composer, and singer from Poland. Her latest album is titled Ghost, and on the last episode, Hania talked us through how the story of Ghost started and the creative process around it. I felt it's the right moment for me to sing more. I start with like melody line, I sing something, you know, with kind of imagined language. And then afterward, I write lyrics. And especially when I started to write lyrics and I was just touching the topics I really want to talk about. In this episode, we continue our conversation on Ghost and explore the album even deeper. This album is all about this and the sounds that we that we created there. They're also like very kind of allowing, embracing weirdness, embracing being kind of it, you know, different from regular rhythms. We have a Q&A session at the end of the show, so please stay tuned. Sonically, very different from the last two albums. I think these surprises are usually nice. Were there particular artists or songs that you were listening during this creative time? A light for attracting attention, the smile. A light for attracting attention. So I really love this album. Um, for those who don't know, it's like a, a band, including Tom York. And, Johnny Greenwood and somehow but this album was really important for me there was like things that basically I would say Radiohead is since ever important band for me especially when it comes to thinking about the form of the song thinking about the sound thinking about using your voice because I would like to say that we have a lot in common with Tom York but you know just even sometimes he uses his voice like it's not clear or maybe it's in the background or maybe it's like a process in a very certain way and also they use kind of I mean they use a lot of piano as well so so there are many references that I can lean on and and this was definitely very very strong inspiration later on of course you can find plenty of references in this album and but it's a bit later on maybe when you're producing the album then then you then you think oh actually it's like you know you can really feel that something is very much connected on or inspired and there is definitely you know a spirit of my of my piano god which is like news from since ages and i'm still still uh part of his uh, church <laughs> somehow um but um as well early james blake i was back to his very early uh albums and uh i was also kind of impressed how much he done so kind of a classic inspirations but also you know a lot when it comes just to 
bringing all of these, for example, string structures or all these kind of ways how to process my voice or a piano. It's 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 a long way. It's it's many many listen albums and many, especially when I was working on scores and you know just listening to a lot of very experimental music like music that is, has nothing to do with, with this kind of uh, music that I'm now releasing but I think I'm always trying to, to have a very broad inspirations and to listen to things that are very even far away and then I can you know bring these little elements here and there and, and at some point maybe at this point when I was already working on this album I had maybe kind of already my own way of doing things, definitely. So when I was uh, listening and also reading your lyrics, few words came to my mind. And I think you already answered some of that, which was what is ghost for you? What is death for you? But what is nighttime for you? This is also important part because I'm extremely scared of darkness. Uh, but again, just because I'm so scared of it, I started to think why I'm so scared of it and and why I'm actually putting myself in all of these situations that I'm facing this darkness. I'm just, you know, going somewhere in a remote, unknown place, in a huge abandoned building and I'm just there alone. Why I'm doing this, you know, why I'm, I'm also doing all of these things because I have like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably very curious why I'm scared. And, and darkness, it's such a um, topic that it's like really following me since years, because one of the most beautiful thing that I can imagine visually, it's, you know, a total darkness, like a deep, deep, deep darkness and a tiny spark of light. There's like changing totally your, you know, your understanding of this darkness. And I, I, I think it's like, it's, it's very also very often visible in my pictures or whatever I'm just, you know, photographing or, or, and I think it's also a core of my music that even if it's very thick darkness, there is something very kind of sad or melancholy, but there is always like this little spark. Beautiful. Um, what is fire to you? Oh, a very interesting question that you notice this because it's repeating a couple of times. I think fire again is like a thing that can be devastating, damaging things, burning, but also it's again a spark. So it can just change darkness to something more familiar and more safe. And there are a couple of moments and I think it's also certain energy. Fire for me, it's always kind of moving forward. And even if it's like devastating thing, like it's energy. So it's kind of action 
So that's why it's very often repeated and 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 very often, you know, what is also important for me when it comes to love, you know, fire is like affection. It's like love full of life, love which is not just, you know, mild or it's like full of things. And this is what, you know, just art allows us to even imagine this kind of things because they're very surreal <laughs> when you take a regular life and normal life, but you can somehow be dramatic with all these words. Thank you. And how about what is dream to you connected to the nighttime? Dreaming, very much um, starting point. I was quite fascinated by a surrealist who was uh I even recently just was listening that there was a meeting of uh, Dali and Sigmund Freud. And of course, uh, Sigmund Freud wanted to analyze him. <laughs> and then uh, they, they started to talk about dreams, you know, because Freud was so fascinated with dreams and he was looking uh, for some connections with, with our, I don't know, needs or, you know, fears and stuff like this. But then for surrealists, it was like perfect ground for their art i also had a friend that he was really notating his dreams and he was like really paying attention to his dreams he was going to sleep certain time and he was really training himself to dream in a you know most exciting way and i also started to kind of observe my dreams i'm not really crazy about it but just sometimes you you remember some dreams and they are very often they're weird they're weird they have like a weird little elements it doesn't need to, I, I have very often my dreams are very real so they are set I don't have extremely unsurrealistic dreams very very often they are set in a regular moment they are including people who are appearing in my life but there is like element which is weird maybe something is bigger than it's normally or you have like you know something is continuously happening or something's not ending and I also thought yeah I would just use it why not and it's like this hype real kind of shaping uh, reality is very fascinating for me and just this year I um, started to watch movies by Studio Ghibli as well <laughs> and it was for me as well I thought almost familiar there because you know I thought oh this is a word that I really know because this is something that I'm I think I'm already kind of investigating since some since some years so dreams are important I'm and the weirdest parts are I'm very often just trying to use and uh, in my own yeah works let's talk about music videos how was the working process making this album visualizing this album well, there are probably also different angles because um, some of the things uh, happened a little bit earlier than the album, which is, I'm thinking about Hello, which is a very energetic and very, um, I would say, jolly uh, video. It's you know, shot in a beautiful Alps in France. It's summertime in full bloom. Uh, so, so that's why also we uh, decided to kind of bit detached it from you know the whole announcing plan of of the album and once i started to also okay just thinking how i really want to express it visually i just wanted to have some kind of weirdness this was kind of a common point and common like a thought for all of these and just allowing myself to think 
you know, just to allow things that are not regular, that they're a little bit weird. And also this album is all about this and the sounds that we that we created there. They're also like very kind of allowing, embracing weirdness, embracing being kind of, you know, different from regular rhythm. So so I really wanted to 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 bring this kind of thing to 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 bring this a little bit surrealistic feeling a bit of maybe even feeling sometimes anxious I even think about my album artwork you know it's just it's a photo my friend Rain took during the night it was like total thick night in the mountains which is like you know there is no light pollution there and we had like this one lamp and we just we were just lighting this spot there was like a you know there's a hill with a beautiful grasses during the summer and in this photo i'm also there i mean he took a photo of, of me sitting on on the rock but then afterwards a couple of months uh, later i was just going through the photos and i was I, I just you know just cropped this photo and i just frame it and to see just the grass and the void and I thought this is it it, it all, almost feel like somebody was just there you know that's why I thought this isn't you know this is my album artwork this is just the ghost and then you have this very simple sign ghosts and and when once you open <laughs> the, the album you can see me inside but I think there is something about it that I thought, yeah, this is just a feeling. You, you don't know what's behind, what happened before, what will happen next. Maybe somebody will appear, you know, in a second. So, yeah, I just allowed myself just to, uh, yeah, embrace all of these things that maybe sometimes are a bit spooky and, um, or maybe at least, yeah, a bit surrealistic. about the music video of Dancing with Ghost. It's by the woman director, right? Yes. Uh, first of all, I engage two women directors. For the first time, I was working with women directors, which is a very different experience. They're twins, uh, Sarah and Nadia. And also, I was for the first time so much involved also in concept. Uh, and also they allowed me to be on set and also just to co-direct with them which was a very different feeling and an amazing feeling and with this with this video we we wanted to express basically of course we had to have the dance there because it's dancing with ghosts so <laughs> it's kind of an obvious thing it's it's, it's basically the song is is uh, telling the story about dancing um, but I thought I would love to do it also a little bit differently from what I have done before I want to do it in a city I want to bring a big city vibe which is for me sometimes very harsh and you know there is some kind of anon anonymous feeling like everyone is a bit similar people are moving nobody's really observing each other because doesn't matter really so you know and and Sarah and Nadia are based in Paris so um, 
we thought it's, it's great we are considering London and Paris because I think they are like the most uh, the biggest cities in Europe that have like this also kind of sometimes uncomfortable feeling especially when you're commuting somewhere and there are so many people and then these dancers um, James and Melina James is uh, based in London and, and Melina is uh, based in France and we worked already together on um, a video for F major in Iceland but now she looks totally differently because she totally cut her hair and um, but basically what, what I thought that this dance can be kind of a symbol of it goes in a way that uh, people who are a little bit irregular who are a little bit you know trying to break something very automated they are just even with these movements what they are allowing themselves embracing with movement they are embracing some kind of weirdness they are embracing emotion they are embracing things that usually people want to suppress a bit you know that you don't need to say too loud you should not say you know too, too much I love you or just express yourself people want everything to be a bit of like on air. I mean not people but maybe like kind of society or, or you know capitalistic kind of thinking wants us to be average and just you know polite and, and stuff like this and, and, and with their movements which are also very specifically choreographed I have a feeling I, we wanted to bring the yeah this kind of feeling that like the, the individual against the city individual against the mass individual against you know and mass thinking and and something extremely fragile something extremely sensitive something something extremely intimate uh, as well because when you embrace this kind of movements embrace kind of feelings you are so uh, usually you know you're embracing also something extremely intimate and something extremely personal and yeah also we we decided to to film it on on film which is which brought this kind of old school vibe we we we, we did a couple of decisions that i think were very yeah important for for the result and i f I'm, I'm i hope it's yeah that you can really feel this this energy and you, you can feel you know the smoothness the smoothness of of of, of the song and this feeling and, and also the weirdness of it and yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm extremely happy I think all of these little de decisions were the result is really kind of a little bit different from what I have done before Records podcast. When I read the lyrics of Thin Line, I was super amused. Could you please tell me a little bit about the Thin Line, please? This is a weird one, and um, everything started because I just remember. Um, yeah, it's it's basically the whole song started for me when I took Duncan's beat. He just sent over me a kind of a little loop, and I loved it so much. In the beginning we thought it would be a part of hello but somehow it didn't work out was not really fitting and then i thought oh i don't really want to lose it it would be such a pity let's just compose a new song <laughs> on top of that 
and and once I had this base, I had this like little kind of yeah. There's it's also based on it. It's really easy if you really watch the structure of the song. It's just a couple of instruments, a little bit in a different tuning, which made this kind of gave this I think kind of a nice nice touch and then I started just to improvise with my voice and I thought it's almost like you know saying something in a very automated rom robotic way which doesn't make sense but also makes a lot of sense yeah so I was just basically I need to explain because the song have two parts so I, I started with this kind of vibe and I thought what does it mean to me why am I even doing it and why these kind of words are appearing you know and why, why and I thought it's just basically I was just trying how weird it is that I'm, we are just being born we have no experience in living we need to survive <laughs> and then we just vanish it's like so weird and you know just we have and I tried to think about that maybe this kind of automated things in our life or maybe this kind of lack of experience allows us as well to die one day because if we would be so experienced and we, if we knew everything about living if we would be living so consciously all the time probably it would be so difficult to vanish at some point so that's why there is like this vibe of of like repeating and just things that make sense and doesn't make any sense and there is a f the middle part which is basically a moment of vanishing and it's like what's happening there and I'm even uh, including there like, like a little quote which, which I really like is why the sound of death has a shape of life which is a little bit you know it's also based a lot in kind of belief even religious belief that there is something you know out there and which is probably very much connected to my identity the country that I come from uh, or you know any kind of research I did about I don't know you know Buddhist and, and religion and, and stuff like this so that just made me made me think what is like this thin line between life and death what is this it's like there is something there is nothing and I and I, I try to investigate this 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 uh, this moment and just try to imagine which is the most probably weird thing that I've done in my life <laughs> and then performing this uh, life uh, as well uh, yeah so this this song is is, is totally experiment it's very surrealistic it's very very surrealistic and first part very much kind of automated kind of like with you know being almost blind just following things that somebody told us like working on a pattern just repeating 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 and then there is a moment of totally opening up you know just almost a scream i remember um it's it, it's a little bit differently processed maybe in in recording but I was really allowing myself to almost sing it in a theatrical way. Even if I say it loud right now, I think like it's such a clash <laughs> with uh, my regular style. But you needed this, you know? I was just really curious what will happen because when you're speaking about these kind of things and you cannot just sing it like, you know, like whatever. Don't break my heart with truth we can fight, don't you see how it's good? Don't break my heart with 
most proud of by having this album complete? I'm extremely happy and it needs to be mentioned here. Uh, I was extremely happy to have such a wonderful mixing experience because I mixed it with Greg Freeman and it, it was a new person on board. He works still a lot with, uh, especially with Portico Quartet. And it was such a beautiful process for me because we spent all of this time mixing together. He said, Hanya, I want you in my studio. Because usually I'm, I'm used to that mixing engineer is just, you know, mixing on their own. And then he's sending or showing me the mixes and I have some comments and this is how it works. But he said, no, I really love to work with artists. I want you to be in my studio. So I really took these two weeks and we were just spending whole days in the studio and just mixing it. Of course, I was, you know, I was definitely kind of directing it and just because I produced myself the album, so I know what is there. But but he's such an amazing, amazing person to mix with and he came with such a beautiful, amazing solutions. But it was also amazing, you know, a huge part of the way how he's working is analog. He's really working with tapes and tape delays and everything he's doing really handmade. It's not like plugging. So, you know, it also takes time and the tape can be broken or not work. And I really think we you know he, he contributed to this album so much and he basically managed to put all of these very different songs together because you know there is even a solo piano track there <laughs> at some point uh, but also he just you know we put it through the tape we actually pitch it up a bit and and that's why you, you know there are like little 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 things here and there and so much work of greg so i'm extremely happy and and i'm really grateful because it's really he, he gave all his heart
Gondwana Records podcast. We're going to move on to the Q&A part. Shall we do a fun question? Yeah. It is from Vittorio. And hello, Hania. Big fan from Italy, right here. What would be your dream location to have a concert in the future, maybe? It could be anywhere. Well, yesterday I thought I would love to perform in Tate Modern. This like this space which used to be it's like this concrete space. It almost looks like a caves or something like this. You know, this it's it's not like Turbine Hall is the main hall where all the installations are going on. But I am talking about this space. It, there are always there is a free entrance there, and very often they are doing something with sound and. Oh my god, I love, I love this space. It, it moves my imagination so much, so uh, this is number one. <laughs> okay, can you listen to it? Take people, take people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next question is from Phantom Location. What do you do in crisis of inspiration? A total stuck. I don't fight it. I just leave it and I'm not trying to do something. I try to do a lot of other things. So like, I, I try, for example, because it happens, obviously, it's a normal thing. And I'm trying just to move myself in a very different kind of areas. So this is, so not just to stop to do anything at all, but just, I'm not fighting this moment, definitely. Right answer. Thank you so much. The next question comes from William, big fan from Quebec, Canada. Hi, Hania. In your first album, your approach to the piano really brings out the percussive elements of the instrument. Why did you choose to expand your solo approach to a more band form? Well, I think, you know, it's just basically, again, a curiosity. And sometimes I'm just also curious. Um, Mm, if I can think, if I can compose for other instruments, if, if this music can also expand a bit. I'm definitely not leaving the piano and I think even uh, the very recently released soundtrack on Giacometti is the greatest example that, which is mostly created uh, on, on keyboard instruments and performed just by one one person uh, yeah, but you know, I'm also extremely interested to compose for other instruments and sometimes even not being a performer which which happens very often when I'm scoring and then I compose just for other instruments and I'm not touching any instrument so so it's 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 something that basically interests me as well and I would love to be able to do it thank you here is a curious person writing to you her name is Idaliner hi Hania I'm curious in your use of electronics in your music live and also in your composing process what was your way into using and how much are you controlling on stage versus sound technician and what is your best advice when it comes to learning and exploring electronic devices to together with acoustic sounds I think, you know, I'm also feeling I'm a beginner still. Also, I don't own a big collection of synths or anything. And also, it's, I think, affected because 
because it's affected by uh, my education because I once I have an instrument I feel like oh there's like limitless possibilities so I just will die and I still feel my prophet is never-ending story gonna create so many sounds so I know that m there are people who collect a lot but I I somehow really like to focus and just use the same instrument and just with just this one tool come up with other sound. But I think the, the best answer is just to try it out. Don't be afraid that you don't know something. I think many people have less knowledge than they, <laughs> than they seem. And another answer is that I think electronic instruments fit perfectly with acoustic instruments. That's why actually I started because I thought you know that sometimes you miss I don't know especially bass or you miss some kind of um, especially when it comes to recording process it's sometimes difficult with acoustic instruments to get them through and with synth instrument or with any kind of digital instrument it's a little bit easier so I think they can actually complete each other they can support each other and you can beautifully just mix these two sounds and come with something very new which is I think always the most important and I also always somehow imagine in my head just that for example if Mozart would be living right now I'm really sure that he would be just a producer and he would be surrounded with crazy amount of sins and he would not really pay attention to any pianos or anything like this no I'm just joking but because my big part of my work is not even working with synthesizers but I think with processing acoustic sounds this is right now kind of the core of my of my working process and I think it's so just crazy interesting to see what will happen you know you have like these little samples and then you can just make it extremely long or make it extremely slow or, or very fast or maybe pitch it or whatever add some effects and and this is just wonderful you know it's just for me it's like it's so exciting and I, I'm never thinking oh I'm you know I'm right or I'm wrong I'm just curious yeah thank you so much there are so many more curious questions but because of the time we're gonna finish here but thank you so much and congratulations with the incredible ghost album thank you so much Gondwana Records Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the last four episodes with Hania Rani. Make sure to check out our episode with Matthew Hosel if you haven't. You will find out how Gondwana Records was born as well as the artistry behind his latest album, An Ever-Changing View. For more information about us, please visit our website, gondwanarecords.com. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for more coming episodes.